This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. So tonight I wanted to, to, to really look at an area I believe that is very important for us in this day and in this hour. You know, 2020 has been a very uh, challenging time for all of us with COVID, with social issues, with political issues, with a lot of things going on in the nation. But as children of God, we've got to learn how to navigate these seasons uh, the right way. You know, if I were to ask you, when you look at tomorrow, when you look at the day after that, when you look at the week after that, or even next year, what do you see? Do you see God's goodness? Do you see his favor? Do you see his promises? Or do you see a rough road? Do you see a challenging time? What do you see? You know, maybe I could phrase it like this, and maybe I could say, do you believe or do you have confidence that the God who did, you know, the God who did miracles and signs and wonders all throughout Scripture, the God who blessed uh, Miss Joy, the God who blessed Pastor Allen, the God who blessed your neighbor, do you believe that that same God can do those things for you in the days ahead? You know, I believe that if we're going to be able to experience life and life to the full, then we've got to know how to move forward in faith and in full assurance in God and in his promises. And so tonight I wanted to, to take a look at a story in Scripture. You know, we've all heard the story of David and Goliath, right? Uh, we've heard it so much sometimes that we kind of skirt over all the details of it. And, and really, we don't take the time to really glean from it all that we can that will help us in our daily walk. So, you know, some of you may know the story, others may not. But David and Goliath, is, it's, a, it's a classic, you know. You have this young man. Uh, he's at home tending the sheep, and, and he's there with his father. And his brothers have been sent off to battle. You know, uh, they are the, the children of God, and, and the enemy of the children of God, the Philistines, they you know, are amassing this large army to come and to attack them and, and to take all of their land and everything that they own. But something interesting happens because... You have the Philistines on one side, you have the children of Israel on the other side, and all of a sudden this champion of the Philistines comes out and he begins to taunt and, and really mess with uh, the children of Israel. And day after day he comes out and, and he's making these bold proclamations about you know, how he's going to defeat the children, and, and once that defeat takes place, how they will end up serving the Philistines. And this happens time and time again. Well, one day, uh, David's father, Jesse, tells David he wants him to take some goodies to his brothers there uh, with, the, with the rest of the children of Israel. And when he gets there, he, he, he puts down the, the goodies, and, and then he hears Goliath making all these declarations and, and, and talking against the children of Israel, and something just doesn't set right on the inside of him. In fact, he begins to question his brothers and the men, and, and he's like, what's going on? What's up? You know, this is off. This should not be. And, and then they tell him exactly what's going on, and he's looking around at everyone like, why isn't anyone doing anything? And so he makes a decision that he's going to take a stand, and he's going to get involved, and he's going he's to do something for God and for his people. And I want to pick up the story here uh, in 1 Samuel 17. It says, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth. And he, a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he's talking about Goliath, 
will be like one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was, with his, it was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. And so Goliath came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And Goliath cursed David by his gods. And, and the Philistine said, David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. Then David said to, to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then all of this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And so it was that when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet him. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank deep into his forehead and he fell on his face uh, to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. You see, David knew who God was. David was a man of faith, and it didn't matter what he saw before him. He knew his God, and he knew his promise. And we as children, as God's children, we have to understand who our God is and what he's promised us. And if we will begin to, to make that a priority in our lives and get to know him just like David did, we will begin to see the things that are coming against us uh, not have an effect as they did in the past. You know, it's interesting to me how life can come at us in many different ways and how life can get us to believing the wrong things about ourselves. It can get us to, to believe that, you know what, we're not enough. Uh, we don't have enough. It, it can get us to believe that, you know what, it's bigger than us. Or, or we're, we're, you know what, it's going to take us out. And, and the truth be told, that, that's, that's not what the Word of God says. Uh, the... the the life also has a way of, of bringing people into our lives that will also sometimes uh, speak words that are not in line with God's word for us. And so I want to look at a, a couple of scriptures here. In uh, 1 Samuel, we, we see where Goliath, before David gets on the scene, he says this. He said, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. So, so David is taunting the, the, the camp of Israel and he's saying, if you have anybody that can fight me, if I take them out, then you'll serve us. If you're able to fight against us. And sometimes that's what happens in life. You know, we, we get to questioning our abilities, questioning who we are, questioning our gifts. And we allow that 
to cancel us or disqualify us from experiencing all that God has for us. The word of God says something different. Here's what God says in his scripture. He says in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God's given us power within, guys. He's given us the ability to come against everything that would come against us. He's equipped us to fight a battle. He's equipped us to move in to victory. And so we've got to grab onto that and hold onto that and know that he's a faithful God. Why? Because he is faithful. He's true, and he will always be there for you and lead you to victory each and every time. And so we see here in Scripture also that uh, as we looked at the story of David, David had a right perspective about who God was. David understand, understood and believed the promises of God, and then he had a boldness of faith. As we move forward in the days ahead, we're going to have to move forward with a boldness of faith, knowing that no matter what 2020 brings these last three months of the year, that God has me, that I can win, that I will win, that I'll overcome, that the next three months will be better than everything that came before it, that 2021 is going to be a better year. Why? Because that's what a bold believer like David looks like. We don't look at what's in front of us. We don't look at what's going around us. We look to God, and we know that he's faithful and true, and his word will come to pass in our lives. In Scripture, we see also in First uh, Samuel, or I'm sorry, in, in Mark 9.23, can we put that back up there? Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things, all things are possible for those who believe. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. You know, I, I, I see all the time how people, uh, they go through things and, and they believe that what they're going through is de defining them. What they're going through, um, it, it's, it's, it's too difficult. And what they're going through, it's overwhelming. And they begin to verbalize that and begin to speak that. And my encouragement to you is this. You know, all throughout Scripture, you'll see where Jesus went about doing good and healing and, and, and setting people free and, and, and doing miracles in the lives of people. But each and every one of those individuals, they had one thing to do. They had to believe God. They had to have faith in him, knowing that he was faithful and he was true to his word. And whenever you see a, a story where that takes place, you see a, a turnaround. You, you see you know, the blind eyes being open. You see the lame walking. You see those who are hungry being fed. You see some miraculous things. Guys, can I tell you, there's nothing too difficult for God. No situation, nothing that, that you've done that will disqualify you from a move of God in your life. You know, I, I love reading scripture. I always tell people it's important to be in scripture because when you look around in life today, there's a lot of things weighing us down. But anytime you get into the word of God, the Lord lifts you up. He encourages your spirit. And, and we're going to find out how to, we can build our faith up as we move forward uh, tonight. Our answers to life's challenges should always be based on an understanding of who God is and our conviction about him. You know, and so we've got to ask ourselves, each of us, is he faithful? The answer should be yes. Is he trustworthy? The answer should be yes. Does he love me? The answer should be yes. And will he help me? The answer should always be yes. In Philippians 3.10, Scripture tells us, 
And this, so that I may know him, experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and in that same way experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. I tell people all the time, you've got to know the Lord. It's not enough to know the Lord that Pastor Allen serves or, or know the Lord that Justin sings about or, or know the Lord that my mom always talks about. You've got to know the Lord for yourself. And when you begin to get to know him, uh, an exchange begins to take place. Uh, there, there's an intimacy that, that, that grows. You know, I, I think back to, you know, as, as a young man, uh, as a young, young uh, teenager, I remember my first, uh, my first girlfriend, and it was one a situation like this. You know, I went up to this girl on the, on the first day of school. It was the eighth grade. And I went up to her, and I said, hey, will you be my girlfriend? And she looked at me, and she goes, yeah, I guess so. And so we talked on the first day of school. And then the second time we talked was on the last day of school when she broke up with me. That wasn't much of a relationship, no. There was no intimacy there. There was no exchange there because I didn't make the effort to get up close to get to know her, to spend time with her, to grow with her. Now fast forward many years later, and I'm in my 20s, and, and I meet my wife, and at the time, you know, uh, she came from another church, and, and, I, and, and we, we began to, to just talk and get to know one another, and I was very intentional about getting up close, studying her, listening to her, speaking to her, sharing with her, and really began to build an intimacy to the point now that we're getting ready to celebrate 25 years of marriage. Why? Because I made a decision to come up close, to get to know her. Guys, can I tell you, if we will do the same thing with God, become intentional about getting up close, spending time with him, sharing with him, listening to him, learning about him, there's a, there's a connection that takes place where it doesn't matter what's going on in life, it won't ever deter you from knowing that he's faithful, that he's trustworthy, and that he will move in our lives. He's a good God, and he's faithful. And when you get to know God, when you, when you really get to know him, it fills us with hope and confidence. You know, I, I love that. We're filled with hope and confidence. And so when life happens, we have something to come against uh, the challenges with. You know, I think back to, you know, 2003 when my family and I were going through some difficult times. We lost everything. Friends and, and some family members turned against us. And it was just me, my wife, and my three kids. And I remember being very angry in that season. But I remember snapping out of it at some point, getting into the Word of God and working on building myself up, getting reacquainted with God and who he truly was. And when I did that, a faith began to build on the inside of me. During, early on during this time, when I looked to the days ahead, when I looked to the, the season ahead, I didn't see anything else but lack and uh, frustration and anger. And, and I didn't, there was nothing good in what I saw. But once I got into the Word of God, once I began to spend time with the Lord, what happened? God began to fill me with hope build me up with confidence. And then my view of the future changed. I began to see good things, times of peace, times of restoration. I began to see all of what was in God's promises. And, and then I began to speak that way. And as I began to speak that way, our situation began to turn around. Why? Because God's faithful. And he wants to do that for all of us in all of our situations. And so when you understand his character and his love, it, it invites God to do more and be more in your life. So here, here we go. How, how do we grow our faith? 
The very first thing is this. We grow our faith by hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I like to say this just to remind myself that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Why is that important? Well, sometimes what we'll, we'll, we may have the mindset that, you know what, I've heard that scripture before and it's not really done anything for me. Guys, can I tell you, God can continuously re- renew or reveal things to you as you hear the scriptures. You know, my wife and I, we joke all the time early on in our Christian walk, we took for granted a lot of the teaching that we had. I remember as a young 20-year-old, always leaning over to my wife as our pastor was teaching, saying, he's teaching about faith again. He's teaching about healing again. He's teaching about the word again. And I'm like, when are we going to hear something fresh? When are we going to hear something deep? But guys, can I tell you, that that, that repetition, that, that hearing and hearing and hearing the same thing over and over and over, It was that foundation that got us through the darkest times in our life. It is that foundation that has moved me into everything that God had for me and has for me uh, today. And so you want to get yourself in a position to where you can hear the word of God. Here recently, you know, my family and I, we went on a vacation uh, to the beach. And, um, you know, I was out in the water with my kids and they have these boogie boards. And uh, I'm not a boogie board person. I'll go out in the water, but I don't. I don't really trust those things. But anyways, my, my kids, they got on the boogie boards, and, and it was funny because two of my kids, they hit it right off. They hit, they catch the right wave, and the wave would take them in the shore. And, and I have one child who will remain unnamed. Uh, this one, anytime the wave came, they would jump, and they would not catch the wave the right way, and it was just they would crash every time. Finally, she listened to one of her siblings, and I just gave it away, she listened to one of her siblings, and she learned how to catch the wave. And when she learned how to catch the wave, just like her siblings, the wave would take her all in the shore, and it was a smooth ride. And, 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 and what I learned is, is we have to wait for the wave to, to settle in the right way so that we can catch it and ride it in. And just like that wave in Scripture, as we begin to meditate on, on the scriptures and, and hear the scriptures and listen to the scriptures and, and, and the scriptures get on the inside of us, the power that, of God that resides in his word will catch us and cause us to ride out of the situations we're in into his promises for us. But we've got to use the word of God to catch that wave. We've got to rely on the word of God to hold us up and cause us to ride the wave into his promises for our life. And so we want to grow through listening to the word of God. The second thing is, is we want to grow through believing the word of God. You can hear the word, but not believe it. Many Christians all over the world, time and time again, are sitting in churches where the word of God is coming forth and they don't believe it. The Bible says that we have to believe what we hear. Scripture says in Romans 8, 10, 8, 8 and 10, but what, it does it, what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When we come into the body of Christ, when we come to a saving knowledge and, and a relationship with the Lord, it all starts with first believing 
then confessing. First believing, then confessing. Well, it doesn't change. When we hear scripture, first we have to believe it, and then we begin speaking it, and then change happens. You know, I remember when um, uh, I was a young man, and, and I had a, a, a lady in our church, she was a lot older, and, you know, guys, can I tell you, you can't listen to other people. Your source has to be the Lord, the Word of God, and, and, and those who are full of wisdom, full of God's wisdom, uh, you allow those kind of people to speak into your life. But this individual, um, it was all about a certain look, a certain charisma, uh, a certain status. And, you know, I held this person in high regard. And I remember, you know, being with them. And it was me and my best friend and this person's two sons. And I remember, you know, she, she one day, she, she got a word from the Lord. And so she began to speak to all of us young boys. And she looked at her sons and she talked about how blessed they would be and how blessed their families would be and how the hand of God would be upon them and, and how God was going to do great things. And then she looked at my best friend and she goes, oh, I see fame and fortune in your life. And I, I see God doing great things through you and your name's going to be known. And, and then I remember her looking at me and she said, oh, I see bars in your life, prison bars. And, and, and you're going to have a tough life. And I remember first thinking, what? God, what's, what's wrong with me? But, you know, I'm so thankful for God and his word because that night was the first night I've ever seen the scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, God says, I know the future that I have for you. He said, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And I remember saying, wow, that's a powerful scripture. And so I remember grabbing hold of that scripture and begin to believe that for myself and I would say out of my mouth, Lord, I thank you that your plans for me, their plans to prosper me, to give me a future and a hope. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that my future is going to be prosperous and full of hope. Lord, I thank you that your plans for me are bigger than I can imagine. And that's a good plan. And as I began to believe that, and as I began to speak that, my world changed. My view of the future changed. My outlook on life changed. Why? Because not only did I hear the word, but I began to believe it on the inside. And so we can't just be in an area where we hear the word, but we've also got to be believe the word. The next thing is, is we have to take the word or receive God's word. James 1.21 says, get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. We have to accept God's word. We can believe it, but we've got to accept it. That You know what? Thank you, Lord. It, it belongs to me. Thank you, Lord. You, you meant this for me. That is a huge step for all of us. And when you can take that step, God's power goes into effect in your life. God wants to see his people healed. He wants to see his people refreshed. He wants to see marriages restored. He wants to see his people living in abundance and not lack. He wants to see his people walking out his promises in the earth. Why? Because when we can do that, that makes his reach far more effective because now we're being the light into the world. We're being the salt into the earth and we're representing him well. God wants you blessed and he wants you blessed for his glory and his honor. And so if, if we will hear the word, believe the word, and then receive the word, God will begin to, to turn things around in our lives. 
And then the next thing is, is God wants us to act on his word. It's not enough just to believe it. It's not enough just to hear it. It's not enough just to receive it, but we've got to act on his word. God will always give us direction. And scripture tells us in James 2, 17 and 18, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. We've got to walk out what the scriptures are showing us. And if we'll walk that out, God will bless it and bless our lives. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, action. You know, I always say life change happens in the action. We've got to begin to apply God's word to every area of our lives. You know, I was talking to someone earlier this week, and it's so funny. <coughs> Excuse me. They were talking about how uh, they're having a challenge in, in a relationship and how, uh, you know, this person had made them mad. And then when they got before the Lord, the Lord told them to pray for them. And so I asked them how they were doing on that. And they said, um, I'm, I'm not, because that, that doesn't make any sense. And, and guys, can I tell you? God blesses obedience. He blesses those who follow his direction. And so understand that when you hear a word, and when that word begins to resonate on the inside of you, and you know it's God speaking to your heart, act on it. Be obedient. Walk it out. And when you do that, it invites God into the situation. He will bless it. He'll put his hand on it. He'll turn it around for your benefit. He's a good God. He's a He's a, a faithful God, and he wants to bless us. Excuse me for a minute. I love going back to the story of David. I love his conviction and his, his uh, uh, faith in God. You know, when he first got there, everyone tried to talk him out of it. The guys he was talking to, his brothers, even King Saul, everyone tried to talk him out of going to confront Goliath, but he didn't allow that to happen. Guys, can I tell you, you're going to have people who will, who will try to talk you out of following God, but you've got to get, be all in with God. You've got to have faith. You've got to be fully persuaded. You've got to be assured that he's faithful, and if he was faithful for David, he'll be faithful for me. If he moved in pastor's life, he's going to move in my life. If, if he's blessed others in the past, he's going to bless me in the days ahead. God is a good God and he never changes. So we want to believe, we want to receive, and we want to act. We want to act in the confidence of God and his word. See, here's the thing I, I see a lot of people struggling with in times. When we talk about in faith, we're not talking about in your own strength. No, we step out, we act, we move, we do things in the strength of the Lord and his word. It's not in our own strength. We don't have the capacity or the ability to do that in our own strength. We can't defeat all these diseases that are in the world, but Jesus has. And, and when we learn to step out on the basis of his word and put our trust entirely in him, that's when things begin to turn around. David was a man after God's own heart. David went on to do some great things, but I believe it was all because he was a man of faith and he knew who God was. So let me ask you again, do you believe that God has great things in store for you? 
If you can believe that, God will turn your situation around. You know, I talked about earlier how, you know, early, or several years ago, how my family and I uh, stumbled upon some, some rough times in our life. And I'll never forget that. When we latched on to God and his word, when we got plugged into church and, and sat under the word and allowed the word of God to get on the inside of us, when we began to believe everything that we were hearing and began to speak in line with what God said and act in line with how God told us to act, God turned everything around. In fact, he blessed us beyond measure. The Bible talks about uh, him blessing us exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could dare ask or think. God will blow you away if you'll simply trust him, if you'll simply believe in all the good things that he has for you. Each of us must have an assurance that God is faithful, that his word is true, and that his promises are for me. And finally, that I will experience those promises. Understand this, God's no respecter of persons. I think I've said that uh, many times in the past. He's no respecter of persons. The same way he blesses different people here in this church, different people in scripture, different people all over the world, he wants to do those things for you. We've got to take our eyes off of the things in the world and place them solely on him, solely on his word, and move towards that direction. And if we'll do that, God will make us great. God will bless us abundantly. God will turn things around. You know, uh, people tell me I'm a storyteller, and I think stories paint a great picture. <clears throat> but, you know, the, the Lord is very faithful for us in, in, our, in our home, and I know I'm probably going to pay for this when I get home. But um, a few years ago when I was working at, at another job and, and, and my wife was at home homeschooling the kids, uh, we had a, a, or before we homeschooled the kids, we had a situation where one of my children, and I'm going to try not to reveal this one, uh, fell, fell into the wrong crowd and, and was really uh, getting involved in, in, in speaking and acting uh, in a ways that were not representative of how we'd raised this, this child. And um, I'll never forget, I came home one day and uh, their mother showed me some texts and some things. And guys, can I tell you, there's going to be seasons when we get it wrong right? And so my response that day was not a good response. My wife showed me uh, the text and the things that were being said. And so I put this child in the car and I said, okay, if you want to talk like this, if you want to act like this, I said, well, let's just get your future started. And so I drove this child down into the inner, inner city of Houston where there was a lot of uh, bad things going on on the street corners and I opened the door and told him to get out. And uh, it was not one of my finer moments. And I remember my child sitting there crying, saying, I don't want to get out, I don't want to get out. And I said, nope, you want to act like this? You want to talk like this? So go ahead and get out. And, and I made them get out of the car, and I closed the door, and I drove off. And I was probably down the block, and I snapped, and I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, my goodness. And so I immediately turned around, came back, picked up my child, put him back in the car, drove home, and I was just furious. And, and I told them, go in the room, and, and I went in the bedroom, and I was just angry. And I remember saying, I don't know how we're going to fix this. I don't know how we're going to change this. And I remember getting into the Word of God and, and, and reading in His Word. And, and God, God just simply, as I was reading, said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to help you in this. 
And so I remember spending time with the Lord that night, and the Lord gave us some clarity and some direction on what we needed to do. And as we acted on that direction, as we acted on that clarity, the Lord blessed us, and he blessed our child. And, and, and that, that child of ours uh, has grown up to be a very wonderful um, young adult, and we'll leave it at that before I reveal too much there. But, but God's faithful, guys. And if we'll trust him, and if we'll be assured of him and his promises, God will lead us into a good future. Guys, I believe our days, our days ahead are going to be our best days, that God has some great things in store for us. Hey, and, and you may be watching tonight, and you may say, you know what, I don't know Jesus in that way. I don't know anything about him. But you know, the way you talk about him, I'm, I'm thinking strongly that I want to maybe take that step and get to know him. Here, here in a, just a few moments, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and, and, and I'm going to lead you uh, into a new relationship with him. But, you know, there may be others who say, you know what, I was strong, going hard with God, and, 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 and we were close, and then somehow I got off track. Well, friends, tonight you can turn that around, and uh, you can get back into a, a strong relationship with him. You know, if either one of those situations are you, it, it's very simple. It's about making a commitment with the Lord and, and just saying this prayer. That we say this prayer all the time in every service that we have. And, and let's just say it together tonight. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.